Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of Science Snippets with Nate. Together, we will discover the mysteries of the universe, one snippet at a time. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's sponsor is brought to you by the local Wendy's near my house. In West Provo, on Center Street, there's a Wendy's that is world-renowned for being quite possibly the worst Wendy's ever, with a whopping 2.8 star review on Google Maps. Some of the top tags, uh, one of the top tags uh, that comes with these reviews is the word cold. I personally have been to this Wendy's a few times, and Blake a handful of times as well. They keep messing up our orders, and we keep going back. So that is our sponsor for today's episode, the local Wendy's in West Provo on Center Street. All right, well, we'll jump right back into this action. The first episode of Science Snippets with Nate, I thought we'd talk about something really important. And that is the mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell. One of the most important things we ever learned in school. Um, so to start off, I'm just going with some basic cell bio. Kind of go into the background of how cells work, just to kind of give some background to the cool facts and history of, of the mitochondria. So... First, let's go, you know, jump back a little bit to what is a cell. So a cell is something that all common living, all living things have in common. Um, it's basically a little unit that um, is basic to all living things, and it produces um, everything we need for our body. It has the genetic material for our body, each cell does. And it basically, cells are self-sustainable by themselves, but they work together to make our body work. So each cell in the world has organelles. There's many cells, there's many cells like in the, the cells in our body, but there's also single-cellular organisms, and they all have organelles, which are like little organs that help the cell do all its functions, has genetic material, and they all use energy to survive and do those functions. Um, there's two major types of cells. There's eukaryotes and prokaryotes. On the one side, you have prokaryotes, which are more like archaic and old cells or simple things like bacteria. Um, they don't ha they have organelles, but they're a little more simple and their DNA, which is like the genetic material, the, the blueprint for how um, the cell should work, is just kind of floating in the DNA. Whereas you have another type of cell called eukaryotes, which has a membrane-bound nucleus that stores the DNA. Um, eukaryotes are also more complex, and all cellular organisms are made of eukaryotes. So we are made up of eukaryotic cells. Pretty cool. Um, so one thing that's interesting is that all cells, you know, they use ATP for energy. That's the type, that's the, the molecule they use for an energy source. And all cells need it. Um, all cells are capable of doing a process called glycolysis, which is basically the breaking down of, of glucose or carbohydrates. Glucose is a form of carbohydrate. And it breaks that down. In glycolysis, you get a total of two ATP from the process, which um, isn't really a lot, not very much. But for little single cellular organisms, they can get by with that. They, they swim around, they don't really do much, but uh, so they can get by with glycolysis. But we also have multiple cellular organisms, things like us, that need a lot more energy. So you think to yourself, well, how is that possible? And what is the answer? Ding, ding, ding. It is the mitochondria the powerhouse of the cell. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how cool this little organelle is. It's one of the organelles in, our, in, in each cell in our body. So um, the mitochondria, the reason it can make so much energy is because it has something called the electron, electron transport chain, which in reference makes about 30 to 32 um, 
molecules of ATP per molecule of glucose. So compare that to the two ATP that are made in glycolysis. It's a lot more. So this ETC, the electron transport chain, is much more efficient at making energy. And that's what happens in the membrane of the mitochondria. So basically it works like a dam. Um, our body has a whole bunch of um, chemical reactions and processes which it break down glucose, which is a carbohydrate, and it takes all the hydrogen from those carbohydrates and builds up a big reservoir of it. And just like a dam uses the reservoir, um, like a dam uses a reservoir of water to like pour the water downstream and turn a turbine to create electricity, these uh, mitochondria use the, the stream of hydrogen to go down and, and literally spin a little microscopic molecular turbine to produce ATP. So it creates energy out of the spinning of that turbine, which is pretty dope if you ask me. Um, so that creates a ton of energy as it does that, like I said, 30 to 32 ATP per glucose. Um, and as a side note, this, this process requires oxygen. Um, that's why if you're exercising or anything, that's why we get winded. That's why we need oxygen as we're exercising because this process requires a lot of oxygen. Um, so when you're not, don't have enough oxygen, your body can do this little side thing called fermentation, which basically takes some of the byproducts of glycolysis, a little, uh, product called, um, pyruvate and turns it into lactic acid and it harvests a little more energy out of it. Not much but it gives us a little more energy in our cells. And that's lactic acid is one of the theory, the theories that's what one of the things that causes our muscles to kind of burn while we're exercising. So you may have heard of that, that buildup of lactic acid kind of causes sore muscles. So cool little side note there. Anyways, back to the mitochondria. So we learned it works like a dam to create ATP, use a little turbine. It's our heroes, it's the powerhouse of the cell. But one, one thing is that not all cells have mitochondria. A lot of um, all, I think all eukaryotes have them, but prokaryotes don't. So there's a lot of um, questions about well, where to come to, where to come from, um, and so that's. I want to go into a little bit of that, where the where the the uh, mitochondria came from, the history of the mitochondria. So it's one of the organelles in our body, and when our cells um, grow and they want to split into two cells, so that's how we get more cells in our body it's called mitosis when the cell splits the the cell um, uses its dna to create more little organelles in, in its cell so it kind of doubles all the organelles up and it gets ready to split but one thing is it doesn't create more mitochondria it's not capable of doing that we don't have the dna to create more mitochondria and you might think well that's kind of strange but yeah so that um you, it kind of points into the history of where mitochondria came from people started wondering well if we can't create them where do they come from and we started looking and realizing that mitochondria only came from when they split from themselves so they basically did their own little cell division inside of the cell so it's like like uh like inception cellception going on here a little cell inside of a cell and then we started looking at it and realizing that dna isn't consistent. So we, they, the mitochondria have their own DNA. They don't have a nucleus, but they have a DNA kind of floating there. And it's not the same DNA as the rest of the cells in our body. So basically they have their own DNA. They're kind of just doing their own thing in our cells. And that made people start to look and theorize where, where it came from. So um, basically the theory is that our cells or some eukaryotic cells millions, maybe billions of years ago, just kind of absorbed a little, a little bacteria that was very similar to, to um, a mitochondria. And for whatever reason, it didn't break it down and it just kind of started using the energy that, that bacteria was using. And the bacteria thought, you know what, this is a safe like environment for me to grow in. And it just kept living and they created a symbiotic relationship. And so that just kind of kept happening and eventually became kind of like one unit working together. And that turned into what our cells are now. We basically have an enslaved little ancient bacteria 
that is now the mitochondria. And what's cool also is that the um, chloroplast, which is what lets plants be able to do photosynthesis, is also the same way. There's very similar bacteria to both chloroplast and mitochondria that we, we can look at nowadays that have very similar structures, DNA, um, but are not enslaved by cells that kind of exist on their own. But in cells, our cells have mitochondria and plant cells are, you know, they're the bad guys. They're enslaving two different little organisms, both chloroplast and mitochondria. But it's what makes life possible. Pretty cool. So um, that's my history on the, uh, the origins of the mitochondria and how cool it is in our body. That life literally would not be possible if we or our ancient ancestor of a singular cellular organism didn't swallow up some mitochondria and enslave it millions and millions of years ago. So thank you, Ancestor Cell. We appreciate your work. And thank you, Mitochondria, for making life possible. This has been the first episode of Science Snippets with Nate, and I hope you enjoyed it.